Well, good morning this special day, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today's Friday. It's September 15th. This is the 7 a.m. meeting, um, and uh, today we are reading from Chapter 7 on page 79. I'm sorry. Cross that out page 99, and we're going to begin on paragraph two, if there be a divorce or a separation. We're going to be reading three paragraphs, ending on page 100, at the end of paragraph one, no matter what your present circumstances are. So today's readers are, for the 12 steps, will be Barbara E., the 12 traditions, Linda R., and our readers of the text this morning will be Julie R., Lauren N., and Allison L. I have two reference IDs for you this morning. And uh, the reference ID for Thursday, which is a five-digit number for September 14th, 2017, the 7 a.m. meeting, I guess, is 10,431. That's 10431. I don't have the 10 a.m., but I'm sure I'll be getting it. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members, and we are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA, pardon me, to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now I will ask, please, Barbara E., to please read OA's 12 steps. Thank you, Janice, for your service and all of our hopes that your husband is feeling better soon. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our role. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we'd harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made a direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to, tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. And thank you, Barbara E. Okay, now we're going to ask Linda Arp to please read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning, Janice. This is Linda R. Recovered in New Jersey. And um, thank you so much for your service today. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name would never be drawn into into public controversy. Uh, Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles <coughs> above personality. Well, thank you, Linda R. At this time, before we go on, I have the two share IDs for yesterday, which was Thursday. That is September the 14th. Again, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10,431. That's 10431. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10,433. 10433. Okay. Uh, This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature 
we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Pardon me. To share, please press star one to unmute. Now, once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Well, today we're going to resume our study in the big book, and we're going to begin on page 99, the second paragraph, and Julie R. is going to read that for us. Hi, this is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New Jersey. If there be divorce or separation, there should be no undue haste for the couple to get together. The man should be sure of his recovery. The wife should fully understand his new way of life. If their old relationship is to be resumed, it must be on a better basis, since the former did not work. This means a new attitude and spirit all around. Sometimes it is to the best interest of all concerned that a couple remain apart. Obviously, no rule can be laid down. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. When the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. Let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. This just isn't so. In some cases, the wife will never come back for one reason or another. Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. We have seen men get well, though well, those families have not returned at all. We have seen others slip when the family came back too soon. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstance. Again, I'm Joy R. And... um, I have um, practical experience with this. Um, In and out of the rooms, I um, was not living a spiritual life. I was abstinent um, without being recovered. And I did a lot of inappropriate things. And I left um, my husband and um, went on a self-will-run riot uh, rampage for quite some time. And, of course, got into the food because the food is the last to go. So... um, you know, this program has saved not only my life, but I am back with my husband. We have the best relationship that we have had, and we've been together 31 years minus the eight months that I left. And one of the stipulations for me coming back was he wanted me to return to my structured and disciplined program um, and the big book, right, it's all together, because that's when I um, am close to my God. And, you know, it, it, I, it's so hard for me to explain what I was like before and what I am like now. My husband has not changed. My God has changed me. So I 
wake up and I thank God every morning for my relationship because I was not a um, caring, giving, loving, faithful wife, and I put a lot of people through hell. And it's by this program, after putting the food down 100%, black and white abstinence, and working these steps, living a spiritual life, that I am a kind, caring, faithful woman every day, and I have repaired the damage. And it is a miracle. It is nothing short of a miracle that my husband totally trusts me because he knows that I have a God and that I am not, I'm a changed woman. And, um, you know, yeah, put the food down and then the real work comes. But <clears throat> my God is bigger than anything that I could have ever man imagined. And we're celebrating our honeymoon, uh, honeymoon, <laughs> 31 years, whatever. We had it last, we're going to Disneyland for four days. I mean, how exciting is that? And I can fit in the rides, right? That's another bonus. So anyway, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julie. Uh, <clears throat> okay, we're going to open up the floor for comments. On, we're on page 99. We're going to begin in paragraph two. Who would like to begin? Uh, Kathy Rod, G. Kathy okay, G. All right, I hear Kathy K. And somebody, and somebody G. Who was that? Roz. Roz, Roz. G. And whom else? Vasa O. And we have Vasa. Vasa O and Nessa R. And one more. Lisa B. Okay, let's go with that group and we'll have time for more. Kathy K., good morning to you. Uh, hi, Janice. This is Kathy Kay, recovered in Boston, and um, thank you for your service. These paragraphs um, uh, describe what I experienced. Um, when I came into OA, I had already been married for 13 or 14 years, and last August we celebrated 36 years, and it was not actually until I got to study the big book that I began to experience a transformation in my marriage. Um, you know, the best way for me to describe it is before I got recovered, even while in periods of abstinence, I thought if only my husband would change, I would be happier. Um, and I was full of judgment and blame and fear and a whole lot of pointing my finger at him. And when I did this work, I and really saw my part in all the resentments that I had towards him. The work began of working and partnering with God so that I could be transformed into a loving partner. Um, and I am so grateful that that happened, and it also still is happening. I'm not perfect. Um, I make mistakes, but there is a foundation in our relationship now that's really based on healthy trust, mutual respect, laughter, caring. I mean, it's just extraordinary. Um, the transformation that I've 
experienced and witnessed in our relationship. And it is true. My husband has not changed much at all. Um, I would say the biggest change in him is that he's become a real supporter of my recovery work and um, will make suggestions like make a call or go to a meeting if I seem to be struggling uh, with some aspect of my day. Um, so I'm very, very grateful. And for anyone who's uh, feeling stuck or uh, that, you know, there's always hope and it's just a matter of focusing on God and bringing <laughs> our own um, troubles to him for guidance and direction on what he would have us be. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kathy Kay. Okay, Roz G, it's your turn. Good morning. This is Roz G, a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles County. Um, and getting ready to get on the plane. I'm going to board the plane and come to New Jersey. Um, but I just wanted to share that um, page 100, I always refer to as my favorite page in the big book and this line. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. And um, as I was going through the big book, maybe the, you know, the first time, no, maybe not the first time, but early in my recovery, before I even had heard of um, Vision for You, um, this, this sentence gave me a lot of hope. And um, there were some things that I wanted to do my way. There still are. Uh, I'm letting go of that that kind of an attitude. But so many things I wanted to do, I wanted my way. And sponsors told me so many times, you you know, it's thy way, thy will, not mine, be done. And to and have reminded me to to pray that thy will, not mine, we be done. And there are so many things in my life that have changed. I mean, right now I'm working on a doctorate, and I never thought that I would ever do something like that. And um, I, I, I was, I bought my grandparents left me a pretty nice inheritance so that I could buy my own house as a single mom. I live in a beautiful home. I, I was homeless for about a month with my three kids and my dog, and a friend of mine loaned me her her room for, I mean uh, let us stay for a month but it, I was mad at God but I put myself in his hands and this beautiful home came along and um, I had big bags under my eyes and I got surgery on those and had the bags removed and um, got a master's degree and all this stuff that you know I had just I was a single mother living with um, three kids in 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 not a very desirable part of town. Um, and I was, of course, into overeating. But that has changed. I'm eating like a normal person. Well, you know what I'm saying by that. I'm just, I'm one day at a time, I have a reprieve of eating abstinent food. And one day at a time, I get to be patient, kind, and loving to other people. I get to go to work. I Today, I get to take some days off and, and travel to the East Coast, which is a big deal for me. And um, I get to work with other people. 
and I get to be kind, like I said before, and I'm going to wrap it up just by saying that so many exciting things and wonderful things have happened to me, and um, I'm excited about coming to see you guys. So with that, I pass. And I bet you are. Okay. Um, Thank you, Russ. Vasa. Oh, it's your turn. Vasa? one-to-one mute. Sorry about that. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Janice, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive Ovidia. And I am also headed for New Jersey in about an hour. I'm really looking forward to see everybody there. But I love this paragraph. Um, uh, remember the, the prospect that his, that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. We have seen men get well whose families have not returned at all. We have seen others slip when the family came back too soon. And I had their experience of separating from my husband for about seven months, and I was abstinent. And, uh, and I remember thinking, you know, if only if it changes, then my, my life would be, I'd be much more happier. And I thank God that I didn't go back to the food. I worked on the steps, the, the fourth step and the fifth. And for me, it was the turnaround. It was just, it was like, like boggle to me. I was just wakened, you know. And uh, when I started answering, you know, about my character flaws, you know, what I had been doing and, and, and not to expect things from him, but for God to change me and to let him be the person that he's created him to be. And we've been married for 50 years. It'll be uh, November, 7th, uh, November 7th, and uh, it's just a miracle how my relationship with my husband has transformed over the years, has gotten better, not with my husband and, you know, with my life, you know, going back to school and getting a job. But it says no matter what, no matter what, we can recover. And I've heard even people have gone through horrendous divorces. And, and they stuck with the program. If they, you know, they did what this book suggests for us to do, their lives have been changed over the years. And that has been true, that has been true for me. And, yes, I'm still married to the same man, and he supports me. And every time, he, every once in a while, he'll remind me, Aren't you going to your meeting, like my face-to-face meeting? I said, oh, yeah, because a couple of times I have forgotten. And he's so respectful of me in the morning when I get at the meetings. He'll just get up and go in the living room, watch TV or whatever, and he gives me the space to be with all of you and share my experience, strength, and hope, and, and also listen to you. And I'm really looking forward to be there t- today. God bless, and bye-bye. And thank you, Vasa O. Okay, Nessa R., good morning to you. You're up. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada, en route to the airport uh, to fly to to New Jersey. Can't wait to to be there. So um, this is uh, my favorite promise in in the whole book. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. What does that mean? 
that, that does that mean that my circumstances don't have to be perfect for me to be happy? I can be happy even if I still don't have a lot of money, if I'm not um, going on fancy vacations, if I don't live in a big house, if uh, people don't do what I think they should be doing, if people say things that they shouldn't say, you know, like those things made me miserable uh, when I was in addiction. And I was always waiting for everybody and everything else to change and to improve so I could get my life under control, so I could be happy. But what this is telling me here, it's, it's telling me two things. The only things I need to be happy is to, be, to put the food down, be entirely abstinent, and to work the steps that will open me up to a wonderful relationship with my maker. And then I'll be able to follow the dictates of a higher power. And that's what will bring me to a new and wonderful world. And you know what? Like, this is exactly what I experienced. My, my marriage now is better than it ever was, even when I was newly married. I have a great relationship with my children. Um, I have um, good relationships with others. I don't bemoan the fact that, you know, I cannot afford this or that or the other, that my house is still small, um, you know, that people are um, aggressive drivers, that people don't let me in the lane when I put my blinkers on, um, that, you know, my neighbors uh, redo their lawn without uh, taking care of my own lawn. Um, you know, like all these things don't face me anymore because I am entirely abstinent. I work the steps and I follow the dictates of a higher of a higher power. And this brings me um, to another uh, phrase here that caught my uh, attention this morning. It's the path of spiritual progress because this is this is very important. You know, often I hear in the rooms. Oh, it's progress, not perfection. But, you know, what it says in how it works is, you know, we claim spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. And oftentimes this gets mangled in the rooms to apply to the food. You know, oh, well, you know, my food is sloppy. Uh, I'm imperfectly abstinent. I'm almost abstinent. You know, well, progress, not perfection. That's not what it's saying. It's talking about spiritual progress. It's saying that, you know what, sometimes I will have good days and sometimes I'll have better days and don't go and the days where the days are not so good you know what I can I have a mechanism to 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 correct it to make amends and to get back on this means um, with regards to spiritual perfection and it's part of following the dictates of a higher power as long as I keep doing this I, as long as I have my food clean and my will aligned with God's will for me then I will live in a new and wonderful world like I am living today um, in recovery, and I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Nessa. Uh, okay, we have Lisa B. It's your turn. Good morning, Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. I have so many things underlined that I, I wanted to share on. The man should be sure of his recovery. I need to know who and what I am. I need to be really clear on my mental allergy part, you know, my mental obsession, which is the greater aspect of this illness. And I need to be really clear on the allergy. But I also need to know that it's a spiritual malady, that nothing outside of me is going to fix me. The inside part of me needs to be fixed from the inside. And that happens through a spiritual awakening that happens as a result of doing these steps. And like was shared, for me, 
Also, being entirely abstinent was so key, so vital for me, so I could be clear in my mind and my body. It says this means a new attitude and spirit all around. So it's an inside issue. I'm being repaired. I'm being remade. Spiritual surgery takes place as a result of doing these steps. And then um, it says a, it means a new attitude and spirit all around. I'm sorry, I repeated myself. I, I got distracted by a noise. And then it says, let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. I need to stay in the moment, stay in the 24 hours. And the only way I can stay in the present moment is when I'm focused with my higher power. And for me, I had to get recovered. I could not stay in the moment. I was full of fear of the future and remorse from the past. So I needed to do the steps. Let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. This just isn't so. And you know, for me, it's about all kinds of things on the outside. I need to let go of my dependency and my reliance on outside issues. People, my appearance, um, money, people being what I want them to be, just all of that. I, it comes from a place of fear, fear of not being enough, not doing enough, not having enough. And I need to let that go. The primary relationship is my higher power, not people. That's so opposite from what I've been and what I've known. And that only comes as a result of that spiritual awakening. And then finally, the part that I love is that when we put ourselves in God's hands, we're better, things are better than anything we could have planned. I need to be willing to take my higher power out of a box out of a restricted, limited perception that I've had my whole life, full of prejudices and just old ideas that I didn't even know I had. I don't know that I'm sick. and I don't, have a sick, I don't realize I have a sick mind until I go through this process. And so full of limited ideas, I tend to keep my higher power in a box. And I really need my higher power's help to help me let that higher power out of the box. And that comes from working with others. It says both you and your man must walk day by day. I'm not ahead of my protege. They're not behind me. We're walking together. They are helping me so much more than I'm helping them. It's just, it's just the way this program works. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Lisa B. Okay, um, we're going to open it up again, and we're going to continue to comment on page 99. Paragraph two, ending with the first paragraph on page 100. Who would like to be next? Barbara Amy. G. Okay, Amy G. I, I hear Barbara. I hear Barbara E. I Kelly. think I heard Kelly. Amy G. Did I hear Amy? Yep. Maureen. Cynthia. Oh, Cynthia yeah. C. Cynthia C. Leslie W. Carmela G. I'll tell you Sam who I heard. It's clear and loud and clear. I heard, I heard Barbara D. I heard, did I hear Amy G? Ooh, Sherry KB? Yes. Sherry K. Let's do Sherry KB. And then we'll do Craig F. And then we'll do Leslie. I don't know if it's Leslie W. Yes, it is. Then I'm going to hear Cynthia C. Kim G. Let's go with those, and then we'll go on. I know everybody's excited, which is wonderful. Okay, but let's, we can just cut room for one right now. That's Barbara E. Janet, did you call on me? I did. Okay, I was unmuting. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. So excited to be driving into Newark later today with friends and other fellows. 
thank you again. The family will perhaps want to go along. My family had heard me make so many empty promises before that they were skeptical. So I kept it to myself for a long time that I had embarked on this program we call OA. And after I felt confident that this program could work for me if I was willing to work for it, I shared it with them. But they had to come to believe. I had to demonstrate that I could be consistently abstinent, not imperfectly abstinent, but consistently. And I had to be considerate, regardless of what may happen. I also had to think about my relationship with toxic friends, eating buddies who were still into eating, enablers, food pushers. Perhaps it was time for me to disengage from them or explain to them clearly what this program of spiritual recovery was all about and see if they were willing to meet me halfway. Sometimes we never got back together, um, friends. Uh, and that's okay. Everyone has to walk their own journey. But it is my, dependent on my relationship with God, not my, not my uh, abstinent progress, but as someone eloquently said before, spiritual progress. And I love that I can today, in 2017, put myself in my higher power's hands and just wait for the miracle. Uh, it's exciting. It's wonderful. No matter what, it's important that I do a living amends with my family every single day because as we just read, I can do it imperfectly, follow, fail to follow um, my amends that I will be more tolerant, more kind, more loving, uh, less impatient, and replace it with patience. I have to prove it to them every day. And if I fail, then it's an empty pro uh, promise. I can't fail. I must do it. It's important. I, too, have been married 50 years, and I'm so grateful for my husband putting up with everything that I do because he was doubtful. Why am I embracing this program with sponsors and sponsees and all this time with the phone calls at this point after 21 years? Because I need it. I fail to grow spiritually. I want to fall, perhaps, but always fall forward, never backwards. I will see you this, later this afternoon, early evening. Have a great day, everyone. I and care. thank you so much. Thank you so much, Barbara E. Okay, we have Sherry KB. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is Sherry KB in Northern California. It's early here and Welcome, everybody, to the line. Thank you so much for your service, Janice. And um, I'm so grateful to be with you all this morning and holding the fort back here when you all go to the convention. Um, the first thing that jumps out at me, for me, I think is one of the most important sentences in this book. It says, remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. Um, and I love all this other stuff, but I want to just go into this because, you know, for so many years I depended on other people to make me happy. Um, 
And, you know, I tried to uh, guru puja my sponsors in the past, thinking they had all the answers and everything. And when this time, when I did those step work in this book, this particular way, uh, the step guides that I worked with were always insistent on me relying on a, a higher power 100%, not only being abstinent uh, 100%, but being relying on God 100%. And that was where my full reliance needed to be. And that changed so much for me um, that, you know, it was amazing to me because it really broke through some things and I did get connected by doing the step work. And I was so grateful for that. And then also when it says both you and the new man walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. Um, and then there, these are beautiful promises of step 12. When we look back, we realize that these things came to us. When we put ourselves in God's hands, we're better than anything we could have planned. And that's for sure for true. Uh, what I realize that has been huge for me is that I was always making other people responsible for my unhappiness. And now I'm responsible for my happiness. And I'm, I'm, I have stopped trying to change people. And I was always trying to change them to fit my script. And it's so different for me now. And I'm so much more happier than I've ever been um, and I'm, I'm a work in progress, that, with my higher power, of course, and a work in progress with my relationships and especially with my loved ones. And I just know if I use this program, especially in my home, and that's one of the most important places that I can practice it, and to practice that spiritual muscle with my higher power always um, because I will, any circumstances that I am in, as long as I'm my will is lined properly with my higher power, um, I will always be able to match calamity with serenity because of my higher power and because of the work that I do and keep on doing and live in 10, 11, and 12. Um, and I'm just so grateful for this program and so grateful for all of you. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful convention. I'll be thinking of all of you. Thank you. With that, I pass. And thank you, Sherry KB. Okay, Craig F., it's your turn. Hi, this is Craig F. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, I'm uh, from Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I'm sitting in a room in New Jersey with a whole lot of beautiful women, and uh, <laughs> there they are. <laughs> and a guy or two, I think. No. Okay. Um, I always like getting a laugh. <laughs> um I, I uh, uh, highlight my big book in color code, and uh, uh, the uh, uh, color code orange is uh, the necessity of a spiritual experience, our relationship with God, and how we need that for recovery. And, and then I highlight the promises in green, and the reading today is uh, all orange and green, and uh, it, 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 uh, it, it, but it, occur, it occurs to me that uh, this... Uh, uh, it, it starts out talking about it's dependent on my relationship with God. Well, everything in my recovery is dependent on my relationship with God. Um, and uh, but it also occurs to me, though, when I read this promise, that the promise isn't that uh, I'll get uh, that uh, marriage back or that uh, uh, love of my life back. Uh, and the promise isn't that you know the next right relationship isn't right around the corner. The, the promise is that I'm going to be, I'm going to presently live in a new and wonderful world, and no, not only no matter what my present circumstances, 
but uh, no matter what my future circumstances are, that uh, if I put myself in God's hands, that I'm going to be happier with whatever that outcome is than any other thing I could imagine. You know, uh, I think I, I bought a, a that booklet that time that says how to know the will of God, and because uh, God didn't everybody want to know the will of God, and and the book was was in a wrapper like an adult magazine, you know. Uh, not that I know what those are, but uh, uh, so I got it out of the bookstore and opened it, and it was all blank except uh, one page. And that page said, "If you're trying to figure out what God's will is, chances are you probably already know. You're just not willing to do it. And um, but if you do, if you just subject subject yourself to God's will, that no matter what it is, if it's being a missionary in Africa, or if it's uh, whatever it is, you're going to be happier doing that than you are any other thing you can imagine. And uh, I think that's the the case here, that I I don't know what God's got planned for me for the future. Uh, I have no idea, but uh, uh, I do have this promise that I'm going to presently live in a new and wonderful world, and that uh, uh, God will be with me, and I'll be happier as long as long as I am really, truly submitted to God's will, I'll be happier with that than any other thing I could even imagine beyond my wildest dreams. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Well, if you're new or if you're just coming online and you hear all these beautiful women behind Craig F., we are recording from a wonderful, our A Vision for You convention. So he's not in a room with all women that he does. <laughs> this is what we're doing. So the next speaker would like to be Lise Leslie W. Thank you, Janice. This is Leslie W. Recovered in Tennessee, and I am sitting also in the room uh, this morning in New Jersey with lots of lovely people and so blessed to be here this morning. Um, just wanted to share about I had to share about this because my recovery, I did believe that my recovery was dependent upon people and circumstances for a very, very long time. Um, it was a lie that I told myself, you know, that if, if once, once this happens, then I'll do this. Once that happens, then I'll do that. Um, and I'll never forget when my husband and I moved from Nashville to Knoxville about uh, five years ago. I was in program, um, I was abstinent, but I was not consistently working my steps, um, had not found vision. And at that point, I was really lonely because we'd moved to a new town, and my two-year-old at the time was, was really was sick a lot, and we were in and out of the hospital, and um, living in an apartment, um, everything was just turned upside down. Um, I became, my disease swung the other way. So instead of overeating, I started undereating and restricting. And um, I, was in, I was definitely in relapse. <clears throat> and uh, my husband was so angry and annoyed with me because, once again, Leslie just can't get it together. Les, I'm dragging her, you know, through this life because she just can't get it together. And I just... <sighs> You know, I fell on my knees, and I remember just crying and saying, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do. I can't, 
I can't, I can't live like this, you know. And I remember clearly hearing a voice in my head that I know was not my own that said, Leslie, he is not your God. Just stop acting like he is. I'm your God. And um, you don't need his approval to be okay. And that goes for anybody. I don't need anybody's approval to be okay today. Um, sometimes, you know, when things happen in my marriage, sometimes I can definitely slip back into that old mentality of all of a sudden, well, what does my husband think about me? Am I good enough? Am I performing? Am I performing? It's just this performance-based mentality that I've had my whole life. So, you know, but my fellows, when I do my 10 steps and living in a recovered state today, I'm able to really see the truth. It might take me a minute. It'll take me a minute, but I can see the truth. I can see that um, my recovery is not dependent upon anybody else, my husband, my kids, um, my house, um, my makeup, which I forgot to bring today, and I'm really upset about that, but it's going to be okay. Um, but I just, I just want to say that I'm so glad I found Vision because I, I just heard such a clear message through Vision and, um, you know, I'll never forget the first time I heard Larry Case say the word recovered. Um, when I heard that word, it just changed my life because I never thought that recovery was possible. I thought the best I could do was just white knuckle it every day for the rest of my life. And I don't have to live in that state today, so I passed. Mm, thank you, Leslie W. All right, Kim G., good morning. It's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Uh, this is my favorite promise in the book right now. It says, follow the dictates, the directions, I think of it as, the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances are. You know, because my, my, my thoughts used to be, you know, I can only stay abstinent if this happens, or I only can get abstinent if this happens. And I'm saying abstinence specifically because just like Leslie said, I didn't, I didn't know that recovered was possible. So I was really just hoping that I could stay abstinent one day at a time, miserable, but at least stay abstinent. And I have to tell you, after I became a student of this big book, you know, six and a half years ago, after 17 years of temporary respites, you know, I, I was miserable. I had an ankle injury. I was on disability. I had my parents were driving me crazy. My, my, I was in grad school and I was sick and tired of it. And my friends were kind of abandoning me because I never could do anything with them because I was always studying. My boss was driving me crazy. And I walked through these 12 steps and I come back from disability, um, you know, within a 10, 11 week period. And suddenly I am so grateful for my parents who basically live with me to take care of me. My friends were so incredible with the way that they helped me. My boss was incredible. Honestly, none of them changed. It was my experience changed. And that's what this, this book promises me, me. My life circumstances do not need to change in order for my life experience to change, as long as I follow these 12 steps. You know, um, I often hear, you know, people talk about relapse because something really bad happens. You know, somebody died or a diagnosis or something I have to tell you, my observation over the last six and a half years is I've seen a lot of people relapse because things are going well. They get the guy. The adoption comes through. And what happens is when things are going our way, we don't need God. And we start to stray away from this, this program, and suddenly the mental twist comes back, and we're face, 
you know, face forward in the food. So what I realized today is the best gift I can give every person in my life, from the person that, you know, my intimate family relationships to the people on the Jersey Turnpike I'm going to be driving past as I go to the conference today, the best relationship, the best gift I can give anybody is to put this program of 12 steps and my relationship with a higher power first. Because when I do that, everything is possible. Maybe not what I want, but everything is possible for me to be happy, joyous, and free. And if I don't put this first, let me tell you, everything will be miserable, even if I get everything that I want. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Kim G. Okay, you know, I'm just going to go back. Did I hear Amy wanted to speak? I just didn't get that last initial. Is there an Amy? Amy? G? Oh, yes. it was Amy. It was Amy G. Okay. Aww. Let's say good morning to you. How about if you go now, please? Go ahead oh. now, and I'll take some more. Oh, that'd be great. Hi, my name's Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in New Jersey. Can't wait to see you all here. Woo-hoo. So awesome. Can you feel the energy? Okay. Let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. And then the sentence, it is dependent upon his relationship with God. As you all have heard, you know, our recovery is contingent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition. It's not contingent on my getting my family or my husband or my relationships back. It's contingent upon the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And what is my spiritual condition? How do I maintain that? It's through putting the food down, working these steps, living in 10, 11, and 12, and being of service to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. You know, we're in the chapter working with others. And, you know, one of the most important things about the early, early um, AA history is the reason why I was so successful is the fact that people were not only not drinking, but families were being reunited and living fruitful and, and happy lives. And the same is true for me. I've had so much reunions in my life as well with families, with my father, with so many relationships. And I remember I used to, you know, whine and moan to my sponsor, you know, when am I going to get married? When am I going to have a relationship? When is this all going to happen? And I can look back and say, by the grace of God and working these steps and putting God first in my life and doing the best I can in my recovery process, those things have come to happen. But you couldn't have told me that in early recovery. I wouldn't have understood it. And here it says here, follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. For me as a newcomer, that sometimes was really hard to hear. But I had a sponsor who reached out to me and said, keep doing what you're doing here. Keep working these steps. And these things will come to pass because they have come to pass for me and many others. And she was able to impart to me that there was hope that this would keep working, it would keep working. And indeed, that has been the case for me for me today. I mean, look, we all live in a world that says, look, more money, or if you're thin enough, you're going to be happy. If you have more power, if you have more prestige or more popularity, that's going to make you happy. I mean, I totally bought into the myth that thin was well. And I got psycho about it and became a crazy compulsive overreader, and I came to this program. That's the only way I knew how to live. But these steps taught me a new way to live and brought me a relationship with a higher power. So now, no matter what my present circumstances are, I can press into that higher power and I can get through that and I have you all to help me do it. And that's why we work with others. We carry that message of hope and understanding a new way of living that brings us peace and serenity beyond our wildest imaginations, as Craig was saying. So grateful to be here today and grateful to be doing this with you all. Thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. 
And thank you so much, Amy G. Okay, you know, this is Janice M. And I just like to have about a couple of minutes because I'm so excited and I'm not there. So, ha, 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 right? All right. Well, of course, now this chapter here is telling us, telling me, and it continues to give me directions of what a sponsor and his sponsors are. What, what, what is my job here? Well, the first thing is I'm no better than my sponsee. We are intimate partners. We walk the recovery road together. We're both equal human beings who share the same problem. You and I, everybody out there, we have the same problem. And, but most important, we're sharing the same solution. So how can one be better than the others? We can't. That's why it starts to say on page 100 that first, uh, it's a promise, uh, that first paragraph, both you, not just the new man, both me and the new man, okay, must, there's a must there. That means we both have to grow or one of us goes. That's just how it is. And that's my experience, you know. And um, when it says follow the dictates of a higher power, that's the only way that I can live. That's the only way that I have been reborn because I'm following each day, not just once by doing the 12 steps. I do it every day. Those are my higher powers commands. Those are my higher powers demands. These are, those are my higher powers um, uh, insights. You know, he's given me the direction how to live differently. You know, I live so differently today with, with no matter what circumstances going on in my life. I mean, it's just amazing. First of all, I'm not there because I'm not selfish. I mean, I have an ill husband and, and I cancel knowing that perhaps it's not going to be right for me. And in the past, let me tell you, I would be there. I wouldn't care if he was sick or not sick. Uh, what would happen because I was so into myself. And, uh, but today, you know, I do it without resentments. No matter what circumstance is going on in my life, I keep doing the same thing. And I'm telling you, the rewards that come to me, I'm not there with you in New Jersey, but I have been given the privilege of, 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 of leaving this meeting with all of you there. I can just see all you in the room and see the faces because I've experienced this. And this is... Uh, uh, you know, something that we might not, we must not miss. And of course, so both me and the new man, because now we have a new employer. We have a new employer. We did, we took step three and I take it every day. So therefore my life, which is all my actions are going to be different because of God, of my higher power, my kun call. Okay. That's it for me, and thank you for the privilege of speaking. And uh, who do we have next? We have somebody for one more. We have time. One more quick one. Lori P., can you hear me? Laura P.? Sorry. I'm sorry? Yeah, Lori P.? I know, but I'll go down and smile with them because I want to give you a little bit of yourself. And I can hear you, Matt. I think you need that. We have one minute. Matt, you have to please see your phone. One minute for Laurie. Go ahead, dear. Hi, and I'll be, I'll be brief. Um, can you hear me okay? I can hear you, but I can hear Matt, too. I don't know. He said Okay, I'll, I'll try to speak over it. Um, I just really appreciate the statement about realize the things which came to us. We put ourselves in God's hands. And I really love that because it's... 
Matt, can you please unmute your phone? Go ahead, Laurie. It's Harlan that's unmuted. It doesn't matter. Laurie, okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, Laurie, uh, did we lose you? All right. All right, well, it's that time. You'll have plenty of time to share where, where you're at, I'm sure. All right, thank you, everyone, who has shared. So please join us now uh, for a, a second unrecorded hour of uh, study immediately following closing. Um, let me just give you this morning's uh, share ID again, and that's September 15th. Today's September 15th, the 7 a.m. meeting, and that is 10,434. And I apologize, Matt, because it wasn't you. All right, we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Lauren, Ann, would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. Hi, it's Lauren, and can you hear me? I can. Thank you so much, everyone, for this meeting and for the recovery on this line. This is Lauren, and calling from New York, getting ready to go to New Jersey, and can't wait to meet you all. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know a little. God will consistently disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you can't transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God and your, and you, uh, and, and your understanding of God. Admit to your faults. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you would find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.